This is Shutters Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi, and welcome to episode 485 of Shutters Inc. This is Bruce Williams from ShuttersIncPodcast.com. And joining us once again via Skype from the land of lockdown, it is Mr. Glenn Lavender from creativephotoworkshops.com.au. How are you? Yep. <laughs> it's getting did, a bit did late. Did you just back. ask me this? It's like Groundhog Day. It's like, no, it's, it's, like, it's like watching Groundhog Day. Imagine if you could watch Groundhog Day. And on, there'd be a guy sitting on the couch watching Groundhog Day on screen. And you look inside that screen. And you get the, get the idea. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty much that. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much where we're at. That's, so is there um, any sign of easing of restrictions down there? I mean, your numbers no, have there, been falling. There was, never a pla- there was never a plan to ease restrictions. It's suck it up till October 26th, then we'll think about it. Right. Right. So, okay. um, oh, it's only a month to go, mate. <laughs> is it still? Is it still twenty twenty? Just tell me from the outside world. Is it still twenty twenty? Uh. Oh, this is yeah, so. It's um, yeah. Look, no. So there's the, the cases coming. Here's the thing, though. I mean, so we only had twelve cases today, right? Yeah, in a state of six million people. You really shouldn't drink that much, mate. It's not good for your health. Oh, 12, I think everyone has to have 12 cases, and that's the only way you feel like you're getting out. That's right. At 12 cases each. Um, yeah, so 12 cases is all we had, yeah, yep. which is not that's good. many. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's idiots still doing idiot stuff. <laughs> the Americans are going, he means 12,000, right? <laughs> it's like, no, Well, it's 12. <laughs> we've locked an entire six state of 6 million people down. Um, and not able to move for I don't know how long it's been going. I think we've been out since March. What's the month now? September, <laughs> middle of September. We had a couple of weeks off in June for holidays, and then yeah. we went back into it again. Yeah, and that's it. So yeah, for for yeah, less than the daily death rate in the US for yeah. uh, for our entire time. So, I mean, the amount of cases we've had across the entire, since March till now, is left in the deaths for one day in the US. Yeah, right. So, yeah, you know, we got we got very little, but the problem is if you don't stop it hard, yeah. you get a situation like that's what's right. happening in France. France yeah. had 7,000 cases in a day. Yeah, England right. saying we might have to cancel Christmas, you know. <laughs> I'm deadly serious. That's that's their exact words. Right. They may have to cancel Christmas. Um, okay. So yeah, it's it's fight it hard or give up. Yeah. Effectively. Or, or yeah. pay the price. Yeah. Or pay the price. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so, it's been, so, so I get it. Yeah, people aren't happy. I get that too. But yeah, yeah. wouldn't have been able to. And the the media here have just been absolute morons as, yep. as you'd expect. You yeah. And our poor our poor um, premier of our state just cops the stupidest questions on the planet. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. And, and they're all trying to yeah you know, trying to get him to state something that uh, and what they can't stand the guy's got seventy percent approval rating for how he's handling it. Of course, yeah, but yet the media just keep going, trying to keep trying yeah. to create drama where there isn't any. Yeah, and um, one one reporter, I think it was yesterday, saying, "So you're prepared to, uh, to to sacrifice our economy to save a few lives? Is that it?" <laughs> yes, and it's like. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we've been doing all the time. It says, "Well, now shouldn't we just uh, 
it happened naturally and i felt like saying you should have answered well whose life did you suggest we start with yours yeah yeah, should we, you're, you should you be the guy we yeah. flatten first? <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, yeah, I think most people are in agreement, and it's just what it is, and who cares? But I've, I've had an interesting week. Uh, I started cooking. Oh, okay. And teaching teaching the kids to cook. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's been... Um, yeah. What did you teach them to cook? Oh, we've done so much this week. Spaghetti yeah, we did on toast? No, last night uh, they cooked uh, phyllo um, chicken Kiev. <laughs> Filo wrapped chicken Kiev. Are you serious? A, yeah, with a broccoli and pea and potato mash. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, oh, no, I woke up yesterday morning hmm. and my eldest was in the kitchen uh, kneading out dough to make her own bread. Oh, champion. Yeah, so we're, so we're doing that. We've made homemade pasties. We've made all sorts of scrolls. We've made cakes. Today we, we, we started on chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Tonight we made... Um, Corn flour uh, encrusted chicken nuggets. Right. Not corn flour. Uh, corn flake. Corn flake right. encrusted with right. chicken nuggets. Okay. Um, with a, with a sweet potato chips. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, all, all, all made. And, uh, yeah. So, so what, I, what I'm hearing Sunday. is it's a menu made up entirely of carbs. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Chickens <Yes>. or carbs. <laughs> Pasty, lots of lots and lots of veggies. They had a, they had a beautiful salad with their with oh, their um, with their chicken nuggets tonight. You know, but you get cool. the kids to eat healthy food because it's all baked. It's not fried. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's actual chicken. Yeah, yep. so they're eat, they're eating they're eating healthier than they've ever done in their lives. I think fantastic. And, um, yeah, so, so all sorts. Of, so this weekend we got so, oh then we made quesadillas. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, we just everything you name it, all sorts of stuff, you know. And, and uh, oh, we made we made a oh, we've been making our own homemade pasta. Oh wow! Like natural noodles uh, and the sauce, everything from the sauce all the way through the noodles, all handmade by the kids. Cool. Uh, so this weekend we're doing uh, paella on Sunday, mm-hmm. and oh, they had some request for Saturday. I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> I just don't know. We're making our own pizzas. Make our own pizzas. Oh yeah, include the pizzas base and everything great. else. Yeah. The base, the sauce, the yep. whole lot. You know, yep. all from all from scratch. Nice. So it's all stuff they've never really done before. So it's it's been pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's really good. Yeah, you get in the morning, see see the kid making their own omelets and all their own scrambled eggs. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. So we made lots lots of bread this week. So every <laughs> every day they make up a loaf of bread. Nice. Yeah, that's the one, that's the one downside with homemade bread is that it just doesn't keep. Doesn't yeah. You, you've really got to make it on the day. But we're not making in. massive loaves. Yeah, we're making a loaf that can be eaten reasonably well, yeah. and it's so nice warm out of the oven anyway. Oh, yeah. half, more than half the loaf's gone in the first five minutes anyway. Yeah, and um, and the yeah, smell so you can't beat the smell. Exactly. You know, today we made the most awesome soft, gooey chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's so, so, and my my youngest said to me tonight. She goes, you know, uh, my favourite thing of all of lockdown is being able to is being cooking with you. So that's kind of nice. Oh, that's cool. Learning some skills and uh, hanging with dad. <laughs> hanging with dad. Yeah, I'm loving it too. So it gives me something to do. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so no, that's good. cool. That's really so, cool. So, 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 so that's a, a, a big yeah, and, and we did a bit of spring cleaning yesterday. Yep. You know, because it's spring down here. Yeah, uh, as in 
South Southern Hemisphere, yes. Northern Hemisphere people. <laughs> I was going to say it's spring here as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, having said that, we had, it was so hot the other day. It was 27 degrees the other day. Not hot, hot, but yeah, compared yeah, we had, to... We had a 30 degree warm. day. Yeah, and then the forecasting snow tomorrow on Saturday. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. So, so there's, there's your Melbourne weather uh, yeah. in a flash. Uh, that is rather just... typical of this time of year, though. Yeah, you, you do just get these massive temperature swings. <laughs> just, just bizarre. So, uh, and the only downside is we can't leave the house to go see it. Yeah, we're still yeah. stuck at the yeah. the three mile, five kilometer limit. Yeah, but uh, what you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, so any news on your side of the world, dude? Well, the new bike arrived this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. It's a nice. You like? So, very, very excited. So uh, the guy arrived at a, uh, about 8.30 this morning with the, nice. the truck. Uh, he had my bike and two others in there. He'd, he'd already been to the local Harley-Davidson dealer and dropped off two bikes there. Uh, so he had five bikes in the truck yeah so yeah dropped mine off and uh yeah then kath and i had to go out we had some uh, other business to attend to this morning so had to leave the bike at home because oh, <laughs> it was unre- uh, unregistered right because it, it's come from interstate without any plates on it so that meant that yeah. i had to book it in for what here in new south wales is called a blue slip which is basically a roadworthy and uh you know check to make sure it's not stolen or butchered or whatever yeah i'd had to book that in in advance because the i'd I'd spoken to uh service new south wales which is like our motor registry and they'd said look you're okay to ride the bike to the place where you get the blue slip done uh, but we recommend that you make a booking for the blue slip to be done so that if you get pulled over by a police officer that's a good idea on your way, you can at least say, I am booked in at two o'clock to get this blue slip done, blah, 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 blah. And they can, and they can then check and verify. And you now, know, now can I ask a question? Yeah. Is this a government department? Yes. <laughs> and a government department. Yes. State government. That made common sense. <laughs> yes. They gave a practical solution. Yeah. That had forethought and yeah. pre-planning in mind. I know. It's so not 2020. <laughs> How bizarre. It is, isn't it? I've never heard of such a thing. Exactly. That, that, that keeps up. All the other departments are going to want to start doing stuff like that. There'd be bloody <laughs> anarchy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I you know, went down there, got the blue slip done, then went off to service new south wales to get the registration done got the plate then had to come home go to put the plate on and find that the holes aren't in the right spot of course (laughs) so then had to drill some holes in the number plate to mount them on onto the bike and why um, just drill different holes in the bike (laughs) well i could have done that too but i figured (laughs) i care less about the number plate than i do oh i see where you're coming from uh, and so then I took Kath out for a quick ride, uh, and then yeah, before you what kind of noise does it make? Oh, so <laughs> much nicer than the Triumph. <laughs> it's an inline four, so it's just that oh, say no more. As you better say a bit more. I've got no idea what that is. <laughs> so the Triumph's a triple. Uh, triple what? A triple wheel. It's a three-wheeler. Yeah, You've got a four-wheeler. Three, three cylinders. Um, and, and I just hate the sound of them. I will never own a triple again. 
What, 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 I don't understand. What's it, what, what does the cylinder do? Well, the cylinders in the inside the engine, they're the pistons yeah. that go up and down. Yeah, yeah, so there's three of them in the Triumph. And the piston moves up and down, that turns the axle around and makes them move forward, right? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, mate. <laughs> so the, the pistons go up and down, that turns a crankshaft, the crankshaft's connected to the gearbox, the gearbox is then linked to the rear the wheel, and that's what makes it go forward. <laughs> yeah. You, you got right. all that, right? So. No, I'm, I'm further behind now than when I started. <laughs> yes, anyway. So, hate so the sound it of the makes triple. a good brum brum noise. Oh, it is, does. Yeah. It's a beautiful purr. I love it. So, tomorrow will be the you know, my, my first trip down to Sydney on it, which will be you know, a good opportunity to try it out in all conditions because I you know, do half of that as a, a run down the freeway at freeway speeds and then half of it is stop, start, stop, start, stop, start in peak hour traffic so uh, yeah it'll be a good good trip nice so yeah so that was my day so. <laughs> sensible with it don't do anything silly you know nope. get used to it get yeah used to it. oh absolutely uh, even just riding around today i was you know very very cautious because yeah yeah you, because you had your wife with you oh no even when i was on my own <laughs> Oh. I, was, I was still riding very sedately and just getting used to it, getting comfortable with it. Everything feels a little bit different when you hop on a new bike. So, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, we should talk some photography. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> um, I've got a talk coming up in December. Right. <laughs> That's you this hope. Year, still, isn't it? Um, you hope. <laughs> uh, no, so it's a, it's a, a live stream. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to find out where where and when it is. Because um, I'm as well going to talk photography and as well promote me. <laughs> November the 10th, not December. Could the end job in December. Uh, oh. oh, I'm getting paid for it. Look at that. <laughs> that's, that's a bonus. That's, that's US dollars too. That's not very that. twenty twenty either. <laughs> How's that all about? Um, actually, no. Actually, if the tax man's listening, I, I'm not getting paid for this. That's a typo. It's only for the American presenters are getting it. the overseas right. ones. They can't afford to pay. Right. November the tenth. Yeah. Nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, US. Oh, so Which US Eastern Time. November right. 11th, 11pm, 11 Australian Eastern Daylight. Or I don't even know if it's Daylight Time by the so it should be. Yeah, it'll be anyway, Daylight Time 11, by then. Yeah, yep. I think it's 11. Double check your times. It's 9pm EST, November 10th, which is either 11, 10 or 12 o'clock on November the 11th, because I don't know if we move the clock forward, does that mean that we're further off ahead <laughs> or are we closer to them? Anyway, uh, so that's going to be, uh, that's good. it's called Let's Go Around the World, A Guide to Capturing Amazing International Travel Portraits. Right. And on November 17th, there's someone called uh, Elise Bender, who's doing Let's Go Backpacking, A Guide to Creating Astonishing Landscape and Nature Images When Travelling. Who is running all of these talks when no one can travel? This is Tamron USA. It's a good 
point you make. It's, a, it's quite a good point you make. I hadn't, I hadn't actually crossed my mind. Is it, is it just actually, to frustrate the crap out of everyone just that little bit more? It hadn't entered my mind. Here we go. <laughs> November 24th, 9pm EST, Cecil Holmes is doing a Let's Go for a Walk, a guide to capturing great images in your hometown. I can't even... You know, well, that makes a little anyway. bit more sense. <laughs> Uh, December 1st, it could be where I've got December from, uh, Charlie Voorhis is doing Let's Go to the Movies, a guide to creating fun family movies. Right. Uh, December 8th, Marcy Reef is doing Let's Go to the Playground, a guide to create some great family fun photos. Okay. And December 15th, Jake Sloan, Let's Go to Alaska, a guide to <laughs> capturing landscapes in cold climates. There you go. So That's great um, if you live in Alaska. More, more information. But there's, some, there's some stuff to look. There's a few things there to look forward to, and I'm also speaking. Now it's a month closer than I expect. I might actually have to start thinking about what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. I think it's like an hour and a half long, so I better have some plan. So, what was the the topic of your talk? Let's go around the world. Right. Uh, basically, it's just travel portraits. Right. How to photograph people you don't know. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah. Cool. Easy. You say, "Can I take your photo?" Uh, and they say uh, no, so you take it anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, they say yes, they take a better one. <laughs> Excellent. So I've sort of summa- summarised that hour and a half talk into uh, twelve seconds. <laughs> nice. Which, when you consider, that's not bad. I, I could just show. Photo, I could just. I could do twelve seconds. Run yeah. a slideshow for the other hour and twenty-five. Yeah. Come back for questions at the end. I get the same money. <laughs> you know, without actually having to put any effort into it. So uh, excellent, marvelous. Let's talk photography. Did you say? I just yes. did. There we are. We're done. <laughs> right. No, there's. Here's the thing. Hmm. Sony is exiting Brazil. What? All camera sales and and TV sales and things gone. To and and they also make stuff in Brazil. All to end by 2021. Wow. Right, so. Um, they're, they're gaming, funnily enough. Yeah, they're probably the only area of the business that actually make money. Yeah, their gaming is um, is uh, staying in Brazil. Right. But uh, yes, yeah, so that was interesting. Which wow. which brings me a little to a little to uh, the stuff I was reading about um, camera shipments of last year and the analysis of camera shipments from last year. Okay. Which I thought uh, were interesting. So last year, over all brands. There were only 8.66 million interchangeable lens cameras shipped. Okay. Which doesn't seem an awful lot. Uh, you're talking millions, so... Yeah, but we're talking there's 7 billion on the planet. Okay. That's not even 1 every 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. No, this is where it was interesting. Okay. Um, Canon were 4.16 million of those 8.66. Right. So almost half. Yeah, and everybody else made up the rest. Yeah. Nikon came second, Sony third. So Sony still, even with all their great success, get this, Sony, 1.66 million. Yeah. Not even half of what Canon is selling. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting how everyone's, oh, Sony's the, Sony's kill, Sony's the number one, Sony's the best. They're, um, they're almost only a third of sales. Yeah. Which is quite a, I, I was quite astounded. I thought they'd be... Maybe that it'd Canon be closer be 20, than that. I thought Canon might be like twenty percent up, or 30, not, not. I didn't think even thirty, frankly. Twenty, twenty-five percent up, maybe. And that might have been. Gee, that's good. Good on Canon. You still survived that long, yeah. but to be, but be significantly more than double. 
Yeah. You know, almost a million more than double is, is astounding. Yeah. But the problem uh, I see in this the most is Nikon. Right. 1.7, they're second, but at 1.73 million. Yeah. I mean, it's still far less than half of what Canon is selling, with Sony... Snapping at their heels. Yeah, and do you think maybe the the share that Sony's grabbed the most has been from Nikon users? Right. Yeah. Is that is that sort of what? Because I could never have imagined the disparity between Canon and Nikon would ever have been so great that there'd be more than yeah double and a bit. No, no yeah, yeah. More, yeah, yeah, double and a bit. Yeah. Uh, Fuji, half a million. Exactly, which is, I think they might have rounded things up. Maybe. Uh, but half a million, so they sold more than Olympus at 330,000. Then all other brands combined, you know, your Sigmas, your Panasonics, your Pentaxes, your Ligas. Rico. Yep. Rico, yeah, 280,000. Wow. Which is not, not an awful lot of numbers. No. Um, so, it, breaking the data down further, yeah. of all those cameras sold, out of the 8.66 million, mm. 3.94 were mirrorless. Wow, so forty six percent less than less than half, which you'd also think. Oh, well, I this is twenty nineteen, so maybe twenty twenty is going to be a different thing. But twenty nineteen mirrorless are already fairly dominant, I would have thought. Yeah, but they're still selling less than half of what um, yeah the half the figures. Yeah, but you've got to think that Sony's the only one that's been in the game for a long time like yeah. canon and nikon are both only just you know yeah what maybe three three years into the mirrorless yeah. arena where you know sony's sort of been out there quite a bit longer than that but so it's going to take a while for mirrorless to supersede uh you know dslr or slt type technologies so yeah, well, so it was, well, Sony jumped from third on the overall mm. to first when it comes I and mean, includes mirrorless. Yeah, but what they should be concerned about is Canon. Yep, who are so one point six five million for Sony, nine hundred and forty thousand for Canon. Yeah, so let's call that a million. It's easy to remember. Mm. So they're only six hundred thousand behind, and they've really only just started. Yep, up up till now, their efforts have been fairly maligned, and yeah. They haven't, didn't have a big, big range of lenses, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. So you think Canon's going to come hot and hard and heavy and regain the number one there as well? Yeah. Uh, but the biggest concern uh, is Nikon. There was it one, two, three, four. They're fifth. Yeah. Two hundred eighty thousand. Um, and I've got some more more info, info about that a little further down. But here's the thing, an amazing thing for me. Fujifilm, in the overall, sold 500,000 units. Yeah. And in mirrorless, they sold 500,000 units. They didn't sing, sell a single non-mirrorless digital SLR. Really? Not one, Bruce. Yeah. I could only put that down to them them not making any. Right. That's the only thing I can put it down to, Bruce. They don't make any non-mirrorless non SLRs, which is probably the fair reason why they didn't sell any. Is is that the case? They they only do mirrorless now. Yeah, they have done for ages. Right. Okay. I was, I was being somewhat facetious uh, by somewhat. <laughs> I mean, completely. Uh, and same with Olympus. They, they sold three hundred thirty thousand SLRs in total, and three hundred thirty thousand mirrorless. Not one non mirrorless SLR. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and others. Others. Interesting. 
others, but there's 40,000 different in others from, from SLRs in total yep. to mirrorless. So it's 40,000. There must be Pent. Maybe that's Pentax. Maybe that's their entire sales. <laughs> 40, and a few a few likers, yeah? Because yeah. I can't think of much else that's in that market. But I, I did see that. Uh, so we're talking about Nikon, and we've said for a while, I've said for a while, hmm. that Nikon, uh, they're going to be in trouble. Yep. Yeah, unless some things change drastically. Well, someone did uh, a, 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 in, an interview in uh, August with Nikkei, Nikkei, the uh, Japanese photo industry magazine, right. said that uh, imaging profits had fallen to one-sixth of its peak. Wow. And uh, and they're admitting they overestimated how much their Z-series of uh, full-frame sensor cameras would brighten their prospects. So wow. the Z-series obviously aren't doing what they thought. The second quarter results for fiscal 2020, yeah. they revised their financial forecast uh, from a predicted uh, 260 billion yen down to 235 billion yep. yen, which is only 10%. Which you think in 2020, if something only falls down by 20, 10%, that's doing pretty good. That's that's holding your ground pretty well. Yeah, but their profit went from 110, uh, sorry, from from yeah, from 12 billion, billion yeah. million dollars to minus 92 million. So a 200 million dollar drop in in profit to be minus 100 million. You can only lose minus 100 million dollars in profit so many times. Yeah. And uh, they, they uh, so Nikon blames the forecast change on overestimation of market share and size and the fact that the shift toward full-frame mirrorless cameras away from full-frame DSLRs has not accelerated as expected. <laughs> Which I, thought, I find I, interesting. I, or has it already I gone? Think, I think Canon would argue with you on that point exactly, if you're looking yeah. at the numbers up above. Exactly. I mean, well, Canon is still selling you know, 3.2 million Basically, three point two million um, interchangeable lens cameras. Yep, non mirrorless. Yeah, non mirrorless SLRs, uh, and uh, Nikon take their figure off there. They're only at yeah one point four, not even one, yeah one point four million, give or take, mm. of of non uh, mirrorless SLRs, which is a huge drop off. So I said it really, really brings home the point. I think that the people who've lost out to Sony the most, and possibly to Fuji as well, has been Nikon. Yeah. Uh, so, moving forward, this is what's a bit concerning. Moving forward, Nikon is planning to take drastic steps to right the ship. Doesn't say what they are. Yeah. But you know, if if they're anything like my football club, basically you <laughs> kick everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> it says it will fundamentally transform the structure of its imaging imaging business. Yeah. Fundamentally transform. That's huge. The goal to generate enough profits to justify existence. Wow. So that's pretty bleak, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And and you can't see, I mean, the way the world is right now, you can't see it's a great place for you know, trying to grow a market share or rebuild something that's inherently a lot about going outdoors and doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, so so that was yeah, pretty bleak-looking predictions there for Nikon. Yeah. Say, yeah. Wow. So that was my most interesting thing I found for the week. I thought that was all you know, very... Um, it's sort of bringing to fruition what we've been saying for the last two years. Yeah. You know, that, that there's, yeah there has to be a reckoning. The volume... I mean, we've already seen with Olympus, you know, so, uh, selling off their, 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 to this business, who, which who knows what they're going to do with it. They yeah. claim they're going to keep running it, but who knows? Yeah. You know? So that was a, um, yeah, a, a, an interesting, interesting time to be in. Yeah? So Canon's far stronger than I expected. Yeah. Sony is weaker than I expected, I'd have to say. 
Right. Only, only in by comparison of you know, the difference between you know, Sony and Canon in volume. Yeah. Is is is? Um, I mean, let's face it. We put all those numbers together. Can, if we put Nikon, Sony, Fuji, Olympus, and other together. They still don't add up to Canon. Right. In t- total numbers. Yeah. That is just freaking huge. If yeah. you're selling more than every other brand on the market combined. That doesn't make sense, though. If if Canon... Oh, hang on. Am I... Oh, no, no. Sorry. No, no. It's all right. It's all right. I was looking at something else. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. So it was at 1. 1.7, 2.7, 3.3, 3.8, 4.1. Okay. Four, the entire market take Canon as 4.4 million units, give or take. And they're four, roughly 4.2 themselves. So yeah. then if you take others out, because they don't count, they're bigger than Nikon, Sony, Fuji, and Olympus all combined. Yeah. So you'd think, okay, if, if, if it's going to be a dollar, and look at Sony pulling out of Brazil, which is kind of why I put that article in. Sony is saying, well, that's not profitable. So there's areas of the world where they just they just can't yeah. keep doing what they're doing. If investment is needed to take the next step in, in cameras, who's going to have the money to do it? Yeah. Yeah, Canon, if they're selling roughly what everyone else is selling combined. So, interesting time. So, so everyone's saying, oh, when Sony came out, it's the death of Canon and Nikon. They might be right in 50% of it. Hmm. Strange, strange. Anyway, so on, to, on to more positive. It seems to me that the majority of people, and I use, use that term, term to mean, you know, everybody, not just photographers, but it seems yeah. to me that... The majority of people who want to take photographs are happy with their mobile phone as yeah. the device. Yeah. So do you think there's a potential at some point for some of these companies, your Canons, your Nikons, your Fujis, your Olympuses, to get into the smartphone market either as a, uh, a business partner with a handset manufacturer or to get into handset manufacturing themselves as a way to ship more cameras? Uh, if you look at traditionally where the phone market's been so far, Zeiss and Leica have both done that. Right. They've both partnered with who, who, how, who, how, who. Why, why, why over there? I mean, they've, they've all, Leica said, well, here's an opportunity to maybe get some dollars in the in the bank. You know, yeah. And the traditional manufacturers have gone no, because if we, ex- and this is me assuming, if we accept that this is such a dominant thing and we partner with it, we're we're, we're sacrificing our own product possibly. Yeah, yeah. Leica don't really have a product, a mass-produced product to, to sacrifice. Zeiss, same again. Nothing, yeah. they, they, neither of those lose anything by uh, other than maybe <laughs> the reputation. They don't lose anything by being associated uh, with phones. But Hang Canon, on, sorry, Where, where's the potential reputational damage? Have you seen the photos out of some of those phones? It was taken with a Leica lens, but the photo's crap. Yeah, but that's end user. It's not the... Yeah, no, no, the, qual- yeah, the quality of the some of the products is, is dubious, just because it's got a Leica right. name on it. Right. And once again, it's licensed to say Leica. It's not made by... It might be yeah. designed by... Anyway, the, and this has been going on for a long time, this sort of shenanigans. So, yeah, okay, they, they have potential when a third party is using their brand name to suffer yeah, some sort of reputation loss. Right. Because it's not like a quality. 
Right. It's not like a built. It's not like a construction. It's not like a durability. Yeah. It's not like a colours. It's not, yeah, yeah, there's all this stuff that's not Leica in the Leica. So you can see there's a potential for damage to the actual brand, but but reasonably marginal because there's only a certain level of expectation of what you're going to get out of a phone at this stage. Yeah. Right? Whereas if Canon and Nikon, who are camera people, yeah. start saying, no, this phone must be better because we're putting our brand name on it, they're, they're going to butcher their own thing. Even if it's just to license lenses to go into them, they're going to be butchering. I mean, like, like Tamron make billions of, of phone lenses. Right. But they don't ever mention it. Yeah. Right. Because they don't necessarily, it's not, it's not an openly known, um, yeah, it's not branded on the phones. Tamron lens, because they don't want to yeah, dilute their existing market. Yeah. And I can imagine Canon and Nikon would be in the same boat. So I can't see, and you wouldn't want to, who in the right mind, realistically, would want to start a phone company, start <laughs> building phones as your own brand, when you're against the biggest brand and the biggest company in the world in Apple, for starters, yeah. and then the manufacturing power and might of Samsung and Hu-Hao, who he... Huawei, yep. Hey, you... You couldn't, you wouldn't, and, and in a market where it's saturated, you know, it's, it's only, a, it's only a, a, a diminishing spiral market. It's not like it's still on that massive ups, uptick. Yeah. Uh, and you can't like go into somewhere like India and get dominance because they've got their own brands. Right. That are, you know, Oppo and so on, who are, are already very, very dominant there. Yeah. So it's kind of too little too late mm. to get into that, in my opinion. And as we all know, that's usually right. <laughs> no, sorry, no, sorry. As I already know, that's usually already right for me. So don't tell my wife. So yeah, I think I think I said yeah. Olympus can't see them, regardless of what this other company's buying them to do. I can't see them existing. Uh, Pentax, who knows how? Nikon, maybe not. Fuji's doing all right in this product, you know. It's a, yeah, uh, as we said, I think we said about five years ago. You know, uh, you've got two choices in this world now. To be the cheapest or the most expensive, yeah, and the, mid and the middle ground's gone, yeah? yeah, and yeah, the middle ground in Canon doesn't really, ex yeah, it's it, it's it's struggling, yeah. Your top end's doing okay, your bottom end's doing okay, um, if but if you're only hovering around that middle market, that's your you, which is let's face it, that's what Olympus kind of is, is right. middle middle market product. Yep. It's not much of the way pros using them. It's fallen away from them big time, yeah. Uh, Fuji. Hey, retro styling, you know, yeah. F film simulations. They're, they're, uh, look at the people, not having to go at the people who use them, but look at a, a lot of people who use them are trendy people, you know. Right. So maybe it's, maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a flattering thing to say you use Fuji, but there's a lot of trendy hipster young people who use them because they love the look and the feel and so on, and that's driving, you know, half a million units a year. Yeah. Yeah, half a, half a million hipsters. Okay, let's say 479,812 hipsters, and then anyone else we may know who use Fuji. <laughs> right. <laughs> How about that? Um, so, yeah, so they, they've got their niche market going, and, and, and as long as they've got a decent business model behind it, then that's enough. to. They don't need to be selling 4 million units or 2 million units. 500,000 is probably all they need to be successful. Yeah. And, and to still drive development and growth and so on, you know. So how can I mean, they be how can they be profitable on half a million units if everyone else is struggling when they're moving more? 
volume. Or, I mean, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be margin. Right. It has to be, it has to be, be uh, Canon and Nikon and so, everything's just so damn competitive price wise. And maybe Fuji is too. I haven't really looked into it that much. But uh, as I said, that's also about business model. If you've got down Pat, you know, are you spending as much on advertising as you're spending as much? And we all know that's where a lot of the cost goes advertising, promotions, etc., etc. Who's, who's, who's throwing the dollars away at that? I mean, you see Nikon everywhere. You see yeah. Nikon more than Canon anywhere in the world, right. yet they're yeah, almost a third of the volume. Yeah. That's, that's got to be impacting impact, impacting their business model. It's, it's like the old dishwashing soap stuff, or yeah, the, the laundry powder. Yeah, it's $5 for a box of laundry powder. It costs 15 cents to make, and the rest is advertising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they advertise so much. Yeah, the cost is is so much is born just to pay for the advertising to sell their fifteen cent box of powder. Yeah. Madness, it's madness. I say madness. Oh, and so in that model we talked about the the most expensive, or the cheapest, or the niche. Find that that wedge in the market that you can do really really well, and that yeah. people are desirous to have as a bit of a status symbol to have it. There's your Fuji. Right. Yeah, they've got they've got that market. Yeah, and you could you know no one else is going to come out with a retro camera that's going to really dominate them because they've got all the lenses. I mean, one of the best things Fuji ever did was when they launched the cameras, they show they showcased their lens roadmap when things are cut there, so you could see for years in advance what they're going to produce. Yeah, right. No, there's guesswork like Tamron and Nikon. And no one knows what's coming next yeah. until it's the grand announcement. Well, Fuji, everyone knows what's coming next and have done for two years. Yeah, right. Because it's been out there for that long. So so you've got confidence in the brand that stuff's coming yeah. and stuff that you might like is coming. So, the, or to, okay, they haven't got a 400 bill 2.8 yet, but it's coming next year. Great. I'll yeah. buy the camera now and save up for that. Yeah. Yeah, they give they give their their consumer confidence to buy because they can see where the product where the product's going. Yeah, what's what's Nikon going to come out with next? Yeah, who knows? What's Canon going to come out with next? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm, Canon's. I mean, their R six combined camera and toaster uh, was. I've got to say that's a niche product because it overheats so much you can cook toast on. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, that's what you call about the niche market. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the world's only camera toaster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd like to break into the podcast briefly to mention that we now have a Patreon account. If you get any value at all from our photographic giggle fest each week, we'd really appreciate it if you could spare a couple of bucks a month just to help keep the servers running. The link will be in the show notes. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. Speaking of, of, of um, Canon, mm. I saw this really cool. And one thing that, re- for the first time, for the first time ever, made me go, oh, you know what? One of these R-series cameras might not be such a bad thing to get a hold of. For okay. this one accessory, if nothing else, so someone's come out with a filter holder to go in between the RF to EF lens adapter. Right. Okay. And that filter holder... It's an infrared converter filter. So you can shoot infrared photos without converting your camera. Oh, awesome. So I thought, what a brilliant idea. You've got this, 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 this hole in between the lens and, and, the, and the lens adapter and you get a camera and your lens yeah. and bang and away you go. And some of the shots, I, was, I saw someone doing some, I saw some test shots someone was doing with them. Oh, bloody good. Yeah, right. So I, really, I, 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 like, I like the look of the infrared photos. 
Okay. Uh, in landscapes, especially. Yep. Yeah. And so they, they've got these drop in filters and they look bloody marvelous. Yeah. I thought, well, what a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. We'll look for something that's different. You know, it's going to take your photography somewhere different. And, and, and when I say take your photography, I mean take your shooting experience somewhere different. Yeah. As opposed to your post processing experience somewhere different. Yeah. So if you go out and all of a sudden you start shooting infrared that you've never done it before well it opens up yeah. literally you're the entire even your backyard becomes a mystical magical place because everything's different yeah yeah so um I was and, the, and the great thing about that type of system is you only need one size yes of filter yeah yeah because it's only got to match the size of the flange on the body and then yeah. it doesn't doesn't matter what the front element looks like very cool indeed. So, so the- also means you get to use filters on, you know, things like you know, eight mil fish eyes that you could normally not put a filter over. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty awesome. So, yeah. Very cool. Very, so, very so I cool. thought that that was something that really piqued my interest this week, and um, yeah, because yeah. a lot of the stuff out there was just total crap. You know, it's just <laughs> boring as all get out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like for example. How to shoot water hat portraits on the cheap. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to shoot water? Water hats when you drop a big bunch of water on someone's head and take right. a photo and it looks like they're wearing a water hat. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so you do all that. That's, yeah. It's like doing water drop photos. It's kind of fun to do, but all you're doing is producing pretty much the same thing everyone else yeah. is doing. You know? Yeah. Which is, which is um, but I certainly understand the enjoyment aspect of doing it. Like I'd like to drop buckets of water on my kids heads <laughs> i did see just because i've been doing a bit of sky replacement recently i did see that photoshop's coming out with an easy sky replacement tool soon oh okay as well which would be which would be kind of interesting but the only other thing that i had which i thought was pretty do you remember back in the olden days of film cameras yeah there used to be a terminology called bridge cameras yes which was, yeah, and I suppose there's still in digital cameras, probably not quite as many because the compact camera doesn't exist anymore. So the bridge camera was uh, not a compact camera, and, but not an SLR. They had a big zoom. It was a bigger bigger barrel and a bigger body. So they were bridged. They bridged the gap between um, SLRs and compact cameras. Yeah. Well, these people are coming out. Well, this, this company has come out with um, what I'm thinking could be bridge-ish. Okay. Which is, which is not British, it's British. It's a <laughs> phone attachment, hence the bridge part. So it's, it's a bridging between, maybe between an S, between maybe an SLR, maybe a, a, a video vlogger camera, um, uh, and certainly expanding what your phone can do. We were just talking before about phone. It takes micro four thirds lenses. Right. Right, micro, and but the body of the thing is is all AI. Okay, okay. so it's, it's it's really advanced um, uh, artificial intelligence. And the first thing I saw that really struck me was it does mouth det- mouth detect focus, mouth detect, mouth detect, or talk detect, as I like to call it. Okay. Uh, so let's say you, you're vlogging, right? you're doing yeah. a vlog yeah, with a couple of people in it. Yeah, the camera will recognise who's talking, 
and right. that's where it will focus. Nice. <laughs> so all these things we see people trying to talk, doing a vlog and, and someone's talking and they're out of focus because the damn camera hasn't picked up that. And that could be, you know, behind. Yeah, it, it can work at pretty much any depth. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you could you could have someone five feet, but you could be doing, doing like a song, yeah? Someone f- five feet back and they start to sing, so you go out of focus in the foreground, they, and then like an ABBA thing, you know? Yeah, nice. And then you start to sing and it comes back to focus on you automatically, you know? Yeah. And it adjusts exposure for that face as well. Yeah, right. Which is really cool if, you know, someone's in less light than the other person talking or whatever, it's trying to balance. So it's got some pretty darn cool AI stuff going on. Interesting. Uh, and as I said, it takes micro four-thirds yep. uh, lenses, so Olympus and Panasonic, and more than likely, therefore, adapters to put other brands of lenses on as well. But then you use your phone screen as the monitor for it. Yeah, right. And you can do all, and you can do all sorts of stuff with the app, with you know, AI intelligent focus stuff and all you know, all sorts of cool cool things. So it's going to be. It's, it's not going to come out till next year. Hmm. Uh, as it's going to be a kick an Indiegogo thing, not till like next year. It's not until like January as well. But this has been announced early, and I thought you know maybe this is this is the future. You think about uh, once again. Well, how does someone like Canon and Sony and Nikon exist going forward? Well, cutting out costs, and one of those costs you could cut out is all the electronics you need to put in the LCD screens and so on and yeah. so forth. Yeah. Where if you have a camera that that your phone becomes the screen, it, it just clicks in, and your phone becomes the screen. Yeah, yeah. And 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 who's it tried this years ago? Me to think, Rico tried many years ago to have a camera where the body stayed the same, and you changed the sensor. Right. So so basically, the, the, there was a le- the, a lens barrel. And uh, with a, a lens with a sensor built in the back of it, and you click it into the camera body, and you'd have this particular size sensor. And then with other ones, you'd have all these. So it was, it was really, really bizarre. It never took off. But you imagine, yeah, if the body of the cameras are great, if all you need to do is change over the firmware and a sensor, you're cutting down a hell of a lot of costs. Yeah. You can yeah. maybe something like this this box that has this interchangeable element stuff. Yep. And your phone, so you don't have to keep changing bloody uh, screens, and yeah, and you get to use a decent size screen rather than one that's in the back of your camera. Yeah, and you could then take it off if you want to do it remotely. All this sort of stuff, you can see all the the possibilities yeah. that could be done with a removable screen from an SLR. The uh, yeah, all, all these, all these, all and what's in? I've said all along, and computational or AI photography is the next big wave where things are really going to happen quite amazingly. Yeah, but yeah, Nikon and Canon and so on are going to get left behind again because they're still thinking traditional. What, why, why do people like phones? Because of all the bloody apps. Yeah. Yeah. And all the photo apps on the phones and all the different shooting apps, all the stuff that should have been in cameras for bloody years. Yeah. You know, but they haven't been. So just, maybe um, this is... Just skimming through the text on this uh, blog yeah. post. This, this camera, by the way, Glenn hasn't mentioned it. It's called the Alice camera. Yeah. Which is uh, stupid, name. Oh yeah, well whatever. Oh, unless unless it's like down the down the uh, down the yeah, hole down, down the, the rabbit down hole the, down the rabbit hole. Uh, but this I like this. On the front of the camera hole. is a micro four thirds mount in front of an eleven megapixel quad Bayer HDR sensor, which features large pixels for low noise and high dynamic range. So it's good to see that they didn't fall into the you know the megapixel standard 
trap. And the standard, standard bloody sensor uh, from, from Sony or whoever. Yeah. But as you say, yeah, the, the um, large pixels for yeah. quality. Yeah. Great idea, you know. Like, cause uh, honestly, what, what, I think what, what, more, most people would be more interested in lower noise than higher resolution. Well, low noise and high dynamic range yeah. is two things people would like. Yeah. Because they're not going to put them up on their wall in 24 by 36 inch prints anyway. No. So, but even if they absolutely. wanted to, that would still be enough resolution oh, to do that. More than enough, yeah, more than enough. Yeah. Well, here there's a picture bit for the down. They've got a the camera with a Canon uh, kit lens on the front. So obviously they're using the adapter there to go from the Canon lens to uh, Micro Four Thirds. Yeah, right. And I've got pretty excited. I got pretty excited. It said uh, pre-order here for just fifty pounds. Right. But that was a deposit, Bruce. It's a deposit. <laughs> it's going to be about five. Uh, it's going to be seven hundred ninety-nine pounds. Okay, which is like eighteen hundred dollars or something here, or fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars. Uh, but they're going to be doing like a, an Indiegogo special price for like four hundred ninety-nine pounds. Mm-hmm. But even even if this thing falls over in a heap and nothing comes of it, yeah, it's the future. Yeah. There's there's so much there's so much you could develop out of something like this. Yeah, that you just can't do with current cameras. Yeah, and and how are we going to elevate this business? How are the the hardware manufacturers going to remain viable? They've got to come out with something different. Yeah, yeah. And simply getting rid of your mirror ain't enough. <laughs> wow, now I've got a mirrorless camera. You know, as, which as my wife said last week about the Sony A seven C, it looks stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's not. The size is important, apparently. She says that a lot, too. <laughs> um, size is important. We know people like small cameras, but that's not a revolution in photography. That's just I'm going to carry it more because it's smaller. Yeah. Yeah. We need to start to expand the possibilities and the how you can shoot with cameras. Yeah, look what GoPro did to the, to the video camera market. Yeah. Yeah, that massive disruption there. Well, yeah, there's a, a digital didn't disrupt the photo market as much as people say it does it just changed how we shot yeah i say ai is going to disrupt yeah it's going to it's going to change the possibilities of what can be done with cameras yeah so exponentially that uh, we won't recognize what cameras can do in 10 years time compared to yeah the history of what cameras could do yeah right. Yeah, we haven't even we haven't started to imagine. You look at Photoshop. Oh, we're coming out with sky replacement. Well, what if you could do it on the spot? You're yeah. shooting. You're shooting a scene. Oh, that sunset looks crap. Yeah. Bink. Well, that's a much better one. Yeah. Yeah. What if there's a, a library of photographs from the location that you're at that that people have shot over a period of time? So it's a community thing, uh, and they've got different sunsets from different times. Oh, I really like this angle here, but gee, that sunset and the one I saw the other day looks much better. Bink, press a button, you've got yeah. that sunset over your scene. Yeah. But where AI is going to change as well is it's going to it's going to recognise that sunset. It's going to recognise the colours in that sunset. It's then going to change some of the hues and tones in the buildings. It's going to put some reflection in the water. It's going yeah. to it's all in camera. What it's going to make your average Joe Blow photographer able to do pro stuff. Yeah. Without the need for Photoshop skills. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and become more and more realistic looking um as it goes so yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm excited and scared you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
Yeah. And, and then, of course, what happens to photography if that is the case? What happens to... Do we go down to, you know, surrealism and realism, like an art, like an art, the art schools just become more that, you know? Yeah, they only do this style of photography or that style, and the, the two are quite separate from each other, how they're judged, how they're, how they're thought of, yeah, what they're, what they're expressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... Um, Interesting time, which is good. That's what we always say. It's good to be in because this is an inter- nothing's interesting in photography. As I said, look at yeah, wow, how to do a water hat, oh, hey. yeah. you know, how to do an, how, how to how to stand still enough with your torch pointing at the Milky Way to get a decent Milky Way shot. Yeah, this, this yeah. is yeah, this is repetitive. Yeah, and we've seen it. Instagram, someone puts up a cool location, everyone sees that location, everyone goes to that location, everyone does the same shot. Yeah, and then that location is no longer special, and that's that's what photography's become. <laughs> it's like the Wanaka yeah. tree, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's photography, especially a lot of travel photography, has almost become um, like football trading cards. You know, okay. you sit down with a, you sit down with a fellow travel photographer, and you you both looking through your photos. You go, yeah, got it, got it, got it. All right, got that one. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. so much that. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was wondering where that analogy was going. <laughs> oh, no. So was I for a while. But yeah, yeah. But it's like literally, it's got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, if, if you both travelled a lot, it could be a while before anyone sees it. What's that? Ask oh, my foot. Take a photo of that. Um, maybe that's one of the things I like about people photography as well. Is that you know um, everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah, your, 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 your formula of how you shoot is repetitive, but the person and the reaction is different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's just I'm not a good enough photographer that I can't go to a piece of architecture and try and find a way to shoot it in a way that not everyone else has already done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other. the other. And it's like a landscape. Like a, like, how do you do a panorama of Sydney Harbour that doesn't look like everyone else's panorama of Sydney Harbour with different sky? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tricky to do photos that are different, but AI, yeah, yeah who knows? Yeah, yeah. imagine putting the Eiffel Tower on top of the uh, on top of the Sydney Opera House, yeah, upside <laughs> down, and people falling off it. Ah, yeah, <laughs> that could just be me. So that's it. So, so you said you found a few things to check. I had a about. couple of things. Yeah, I was just having a, a quick look through my feed uh, before we started recording and saw a story on DIYphotography.net that Facebook will finally let you claim ownership of your photos. Nice. Now, but, uh, no, because I saw the Statute of Rome thing that as of tomorrow, uh, Facebook becomes a public entity and uh, they own everything. I've read those posts a lot on Facebook. Yeah, for about the last 10 years. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so, well, you know why? Yeah. Because in the word of James Bond, tomorrow never comes. Right. Okay. So it's tomorrow uh, is when What starts. is interesting about this particular story is that it's not allowing you to protect your photos from the Facebook company. It's, al- <laughs> it's, it's allowing you to reclaim ownership of your photos should some other mongrel decide to steal them and repost them. So basically, Facebook is just using, I I don't know if it's AI or just machine learning, but basically looking out for instances of your photos appearing in 
parts of the Facebook ecosystem that you don't control and then alerting you to the fact that your image has appeared in some other place and then giving you the option to decide whether you'll allow it or whether you'll go, no, that's unauthorised use of my work. So, yeah, I thought that was an interesting... uh, interesting little uh twist on the whole yeah facebook will let you claim ownership but it's not actually protecting you from facebook That's uh, irony, okay? uh, the next thing i saw was uh, i don't know this was on diyphotography.net as well and it the the heading caught me this diy kit wants to be the lego of motion control yeah. <laughs> and basically it's like a meccano set or a lego set of all the little pieces that you would need to build sliders and, you know, electronic dollies. Yeah. And yeah. you can just build the kit, you know, using all of the pieces, build it into whatever shape you need it to be to create whatever type of motion you want. So, well, that's you know, pretty clever, you, isn't it? Yeah. So I thought that was something different for, you know, for Definitely. people that well, like yeah, to get into that stuff. That's, that's great innovation. Yeah. yeah. If, you're in, if you're into that sort of stuff... This, yeah. is, this does some very cool things. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and nice then the find. third one that I saw was that the Library of Congress in the US has created this new tool called the Newspaper Navigator. And it's an online uh, database of 16.3 million photographs that have appeared in the pages of the US newspapers. Wow. Uh, and it's, you know, all searchable, and I don't know if it's free to use or, or what, but, um, yeah, I, I would imagine being Library of Congre- Congress, it probably is free to use. But, yeah, 16.3 million photos. Man, good thing. I hope that, what, what would you search? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's just hard to say, well, what, 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 what can I type in? Oh, I've gone blank. You know? <laughs> You've got all these things in front were, of you. I guess if you were doing a story on something, you know, if you were writing a blog post and you suddenly thought, oh, I really need a, a photograph of Franz Ferdinand or, or whatever, I don't know, whoever or whatever. Well, it, says it's a, it says it's free, but only 1.56 million photos. Oh, okay. The, the other 15 million got to buy. Maybe, I don't know. It just says 1.56 <laughs> million. Uh, look, here's, you can download comics from 1905. Wow. Uh, in all sorts of... As, as I think maybe that's just an example they're using. Uh, yeah. But there, there's all sorts of cool stuff. I might have to go... Yeah. Look up some stuff. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know what. I'll probably... <laughs> look for, look for the, you know, a man killed by toilet or something like that and see what comes up. <laughs> course now last week recently we yeah. were talking about the the two sides of the coin which are dark table and lightroom and yes. i was trying to explain that you know lightroom is sort of dumbed down it makes it all really simple and you were and yeah. you were you know espousing oh, it's sim- even more simpler that's just, right. just so, just so <laughs> that's we know right. just before we go on yeah uh the newspaper navigator there's no results for man killed by toilet so you know <laughs> Right. Okay. <laughs> That's disappointing. <laughs> uh, and I was espousing, you know, the, the, the dark table route allows you access to all of the tools and the ability to get right into the weeds with your post-processing. Yeah. And through the week, I came across this 
paragraph in a it was in one of the emails uh, in the dark table email list uh, from somebody and I, I should have actually made note of who had written this so that I could have given them credit but he said engineering is a constant trade-off between flexibility and complication and simplicity and digital photography is inherently a complex thing. Lightroom and Adobe Camera Raw lean heavily towards simplicity, with the trade-off being that if you're not happy with what a slider does, you end up not using it. Lightroom's tools are extremely inflexible. Open source tools tend to go the other way. We embrace the complexity and produce tools that are not always easy to use, but provide a tremendous amount of flexibility. Once you figure out those tools, you can ruthlessly extract the types of images you want. And I just thought that was a an, an interesting way of addressing that argument that you and I seem to be having. You know, you, you were going, no, no, make it simpler, make it simpler, make it simpler. And I'm going, yeah. no, 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 give me all the tools. Let me go nuts. You know, uh, yeah, I just thought that was a, a really well elucidated. It's interesting <laughs> the difference between, between um, open source mentality yep. and the type of nerds that are there, like yourself, yep. you know, audio engineers, and... <laughs> I don't know, pricks like myself who just <laughs> write out of lazy. Uh, lazy bastards who don't want to do nothing. Oh, maybe this is why I'm, I'm embracing AI so much because you press one button, it doesn't affect. <laughs> I don't know why I'm even pressing a button, quite frankly. It still seems like too much work. But, um, <laughs> Mate, it won't be long before you'll just be able to talk to it and go, this is what I want. <laughs> A bit lighter. <laughs> no, a bit lighter again. See the guy there on the left? Make him a bit darker. Yeah. You're going to end up... That, that red dress, make it redder. Not that red. <laughs> you know what you sound like, don't you? A father talking to his An kids. An art director. No. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's... That could be it. That could be the way to go. Oh. You're no longer a photographer. You're just an art director. <laughs> I've just offended every art director listening to us. <laughs> yeah, because that's what you sound like, people. Yeah, annoying, <laughs> an annoying prat who whinges a lot. Yeah, thinks his opinions are worth more than anybody else's only because they are. Uh, well, that's another week done, matey. Uh, amazing. Yeah, we've, we've, yeah, for saying we had no content, yep. uh, we've put out a, a show of nothing. We, we, could, we should call this the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> We should, call, we should change that podcast aside. <laughs> My wife's starting a podcast. Is she? She is. Her and a friend of hers are doing uh, an author's podcast on writing or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. And they were they were having a meeting on the, a Skype meeting today, and she said uh, uh, they're saying talk about. It. I said, well, if you want to, if you want people to want to listen to it, you should write clitlit. Yeah, the like Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, women's porn. That'll get people listening because it's something to do with sex. You talk about normal stuff, you won't get any. But like our podcast, you get seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Maybe we should change that. We should put some porn into our. Into our we have a weekly porn section. Right. Watch, watch the listenership go through the roof then. <laughs> I mean, my dad wrote a porno, oh. the most popular podcast yes. on the planet. You know, there you go. All they did was put the word porno in the bang. So yep. shut us porno ink. Yeah. 
you think? <laughs> little, little, little gentle nudge to change the title, a bang. <laughs> Uh, excellent. <laughs> well, mate, you yeah, have they, a good they week. Tour, they tour the world. They tour the world and do live stage shows. I know. I know. And their podcasts. We could do that. <laughs> Shadows porno. We could say this crap that we do in front of people for excellent. money. <laughs> have a think. Let me know next week. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> oh, man, have a good one. Uh, no, I'll have the same one as last one. Yeah. <laughs> You have a good one. Enjoy your bike. I hope I it's everything you hoped and dreamed and wished and yeah. you get much enjoyment out of it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no worries. All right, mate. Talk to you next week. Bye, all. Bye. Shutters Inc. Another audio2u.com quality podcast. For questions, comments and feedback, email theboys at shuttersincpodcast.com. Shutters Inc.